Want to know how to overcome fear and anxiety as a PTSD spouse? Stick around. I got a lot to say. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. Y'all, we have a good topic for you guys today, okay? So I wanted to talk to you about how to overcome fear and anxiety as a spouse of someone that may be suffering from PTSD. As I've said time and time again, PTSD affects the whole house. And just because you're not the one that may have gone through the traumatic event, that doesn't mean that you can't experience a trauma of your own as a caretaker or a spouse of someone that did. As a PTSD wife, the real fear is the danger that they pose to themselves or someone else. Now, as a spouse, you are the one that's closest to them. You're there with them day in and day out. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're the one that has to deal with the mood swings and the ups and downs and all the reactions that happen when something triggers them. You see them at their best and you see them at their worst. And seeing them at their worst can be scary at times because you don't know how it's going to end up. As a spouse, they take you on that journey with them. Marriage comes with its own set of problems and PTSD can only make it worse. When they're having an episode, they can draw you in with them. If they're angry and they want to argue, they're going to argue with you. If they need someone to take their aggression out on, it can happen. They're coming for you. If they choose to self-medicate and go on a binge when they're drinking or taking something for days, you're the one that has to deal with that. If they have a panic attack or a serious mental episode where their life is in danger or your life is in danger, all of that sticks with you and it can affect you. And you may experience a trauma of your own. And from that, you may develop fears and anxiety based on what you've experienced in your marriage. Now, here's a good place for me to give my disclaimer. Okay, y'all have heard this before. Remember, PTSD is not the cause of all the problems in your marriage, all right? What PTSD does is to highlight the issues that are already present in your relationship. It takes the filter off that helps to regulate your emotions, which means that communication between the two of y'all is going to suck, okay? Sometimes it's the simplest things that blow up into the worst arguments, which can re-traumatize you all over again. We've seen the broken glass. We've seen the holes punched in the walls and the broken furniture. We've seen all the verbal aggression that goes too far and it can get physical. We've dealt with threats of suicide and self-harm. We've had to go and protect ourselves and maybe remove ourselves out of the line of fire. Because again, you as the spouse are the one that's closest to them. And that makes you an easy target for them. There was a time... 
and I would call it a dark time in our marriage. You know, we would be fighting all the time, constantly arguing, and he would leave the house and be gone all day. And I would be okay with that. And everything in the house would be at peace. But the moment I heard his car pull into the driveway or I hear the garage go up, my heart would start beating. I would get short of breath and my head and my stomach, they would start hurting because I already knew how it was going to be when he came back in the door. I can remember a time when I had gone to bed before he came home and like I was in this good sleep. And all I remember is that he moved the covers to get in the bed and it startled me. And I jumped up in fighting position and I stood there on the side of the bed with my fist balled up and shaking. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. I had been traumatized. And let me just say, a lot of that was alcohol related and not PTSD. But then I guess in a sense, it was still a form of self-medication and eventually it developed into a habit. So we would argue and he would talk about the things that hurt him in the past, um, but he would speak as if it were happening to him in that moment. He would also talk about the things that he saw in war, which to the sober mind, it would be scary enough. But watching him replay all this stuff in his mind while he was drunk was scary because there was always the fear of never knowing what was going to happen. So I would lose out on sleep, waiting for him to go to sleep first, even though I was tired. And when he did go to sleep, I would literally be tiptoeing around the house so I wouldn't wake him up. I tried not to make any noise because he would just wake up and start everything all over again. All right. And again, let me tell you, these stories that I'm telling you are just so you can see what we have overcome together in our marriage. One thing about being married to someone that has survived trauma and dealing with the effects of it is that we all have different stories, but there's a lot of commonalities between us. A lot of shared experiences that we can all relate to. Somebody right now is going through what we have already survived. And I share my story not to shame my husband or embarrass my husband or myself, but it's to let somebody know that they are not alone. Okay. You're not the only one. And there is peace on the other side of the storm. My husband and I are not perfect, but we are far away from who we were back in those days. All right. So my point is, is that as a wife, as a spouse, as a caretaker, we are going to have to go through some scary times. Some may not be as extreme as others, but with PTSD, we might as well consider them as part of a package deal. OK, <laughs> and to be honest, fear and anxiety, they come as a part of any sickness. Now, I haven't talked much about it, but my husband and I have dealt with cancer and that was scary in itself. Fear is a tool of the enemy. It has to do with your sense of control or your lack of control. There's nothing scarier than being in a situation that you can't control, where you can't hold your hand up and say, uh, I want off this ride, please. <laughs> okay, life does not do that. There's some things that you're going to have to experience and you won't be able to opt out of it or avoid it. You're just going to have to live through it. Now, let me say there are some aspects of fear that are good. Fear can motivate you to put certain protections in place. You can have a fear and a reverence for something like a like a respect in nature. Common sense tells us we're not going into the jungles in Africa and try to go and pet a lion. OK, that's not how it works. <laughs> we have a healthy fear for nature. 
Okay. When I was younger, I used to be terrified of dogs. You want to see me act a fool? Bring a dog around me. Okay. When I tell you I would take off running, I would cry. I would have a full on panic attack. And for what? Because <laughs> I've never been attacked by a dog. <laughs> I knew what dogs could do. I've heard the horror stories of people being attacked by dogs, but I had never experienced it for myself. So that fear that I had was unfounded in me. It was unnecessary because in my mind, I would put myself in a place of danger when I really wasn't. And the people that knew me as a kid, scared of dogs, you know, they laugh at me now because I am an extreme dog lover now. Okay. Especially pits. I love pit bulls. Okay. <laughs> and that's only because when we got together, my husband was so scared of cats, y'all. So we always ended up having a dog in the house. So now I've become a dog mom and you can say that I have definitely overcome <laughs> my fears. Okay. But my point in saying that is that fear can be a good thing as long as it's a healthy fear. So what are some of the things that we fear as a PTSD spouse? All right. Well, first and foremost, it's the unknown. We fear the unknown. We fear failure. We fear loss. We fear embarrassment and rejection. We fear that things won't change. We fear being stuck. We fear for our safety or even the safety of our family. The list just goes on and on. Fear is natural. Anyone can see what they're up against and begin to feel the pressure or feel like they won't be able to handle it. And that can bring on worry and anxiety. Simply put, fear is a reaction to a very clear and present danger. Anxiety is the anticipation of an unspecified threat. Being concerned about something or someone is only human, right? And especially as the spouse of someone that's experiencing post-traumatic stress, concern and worry come with the territory. You care about them and it's hard to see the one you love going through such a difficult time. And also you're concerned about how what they're going through can affect the rest of the house, especially if you're dealing with children. But the problem lies not just in the fact that you have a concern or a healthy fear of something. The problem comes when that concern or that fear takes a turn and it begins to consume your life. And it takes control over the decisions that you make and how you move and how you operate. How do you know when fear is taking control? When you can't sleep, when you can't control your temper, when it begins affecting your relationships. When you begin to isolate yourself and stop socializing, when your healthy habits begin to change and you notice self-destructive behavior patterns like drinking or substance abuse or overeating or not eating at all. The bottom line is that when you worry, you put fear in the driver's seat. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6 not to worry. Worry is normal, but excessive worry, it can reveal a faith issue. It's a trust issue, and that means that you're relying on your own strength and your own power to save you instead of depending on the strength and the power of the Lord to bring you out. Fear is not the absence of faith. And on the other hand, faith is not the absence of fear. Real faith requires that you push through those challenging moments, regardless of how you feel and the obstacles that may lie ahead of you. Real faith means that sometimes you got to do it and you got to do it scared. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you have to learn how to navigate through your emotions and how to work through them and keep going in spite of how you feel. 
Fear is a natural emotional response that can affect you physically. Your mind is the battleground and the enemy is going to use your imagination and your circumstances against you. He'll have you thinking all kind of craziness. The Bible says that fear is torment. Fear can trap you in your mind. It can keep you bound. The purpose of fear is to paralyze you, to stop you from moving forward. Have you ever been frozen in fear and you can't move? It's like that emotionally too. There's going to be some things that you'll never be able to accomplish until you get past your fear. Fear is going to keep you from moving forward or progressing. Anxiety is a reaction to fear. It's like being stuck in that fear. And that's going to include doubt and worry. And both of those can expose an issue with trust and confidence. Fear and worry and doubt, all of those are about what could happen. In church, I learned that fear has an acronym. How many of y'all know it? It's false evidence appearing real. Living in fear sucks, (laughs) y'all. It stinks. It's going to stifle you. It's like you have this weight on you that's holding you down or it's holding you back from all the things that you really want to do or need to do. There's some hard truths that I learned about fear. For one, fear can ruin your relationship. A lot that is said and done out of fear can be damaging to a relationship, especially when the fear isn't clearly communicated. Yesterday, my husband and I had an argument, right? (laughs) We're not perfect. (laughs) We had an argument and he was away from the house and I had created this whole scenario in my head about what he was doing. Okay. Of course, I was acting like a fool. Right after I called him acting like a fool, I realized that my reaction to him was based on fear. And instead of talking it out, I jumped to conclusions and I started a fight. Okay, and when he got home, I had to apologize to him because I knew I was wrong. (laughs) I let my fear and my imagination get the best of me. I had to confess that to him. And thank God he was gracious because he didn't say, see, I told you, you're getting all upset for nothing. No, he gave me a kiss and he forgave me. And later on, we were able to discuss what the issue was like two grown adults, okay? (laughs) Fear creates the narrative that you are not in control. And because of that, you're gonna have an unhealthy desire to control everything and everyone around you. When you give into fear, it's gonna multiply and it can create even bigger problems than before. Fear can make you act out in anger or aggression. And some people use anger as a way to control others and to get them to do what they wanna do. We find this in abuse. Abuse is based on fear. It's the fear of threat or harm or danger for the one that's being abused. And it's the fear of losing control for the one that's being abusive. Because they know if ever you wake up and come into your own strength and knowledge of who you are and realize that you don't have to take this, it's lights out for them. It's over. Now, I know that PTSD comes with its own set of problems, okay? You got misplaced anger, aggression, explosive arguments, um, overreacting in situations, all of that. And while, yes, if you both do the work, then you can overcome those dark times. But I never want you to believe that you have to put up with abuse of any kind, whether it's physical, verbal, mental, financial, any kind of abuse. You are not a doormat. You are not a garbage can. You're not a punching bag. You're worthy of being loved and honored and respected no matter what. 
Abuse of any kind should never be tolerated. And if they can't express their emotions without disrespecting you, without threatening you, without putting their hands on you, then it's time to let them go. Ladies, if a man will put his hands in your face, please believe that he will not hesitate to hit you. Your safety is paramount above everything else. I just felt led to put that PSA in there, okay, because somebody needed to hear it. Fear can make you distant. It can make you isolate yourself or pull away from your relationship because it's really a fear of exposure. You have a fear of being vulnerable, letting your real feelings and emotions show. And then you'll be like us, arguing over stupid stuff and never getting to the real issue at hand. Sometimes we fear how they're going to react. So we keep our feelings bottled up inside and don't express them. Now, I've talked about having to walk on eggshells, and that's based on fear, too. We want to keep peace in the house. So we close our mouth to what we know will cause an argument. But sometimes those are the very things we need to open up and talk about because they're affecting us in other areas of our life. Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Some actions that we see in our spouse can be based on their fear. Jealousy, controlling behavior, negative talk, all of that stems from the things that they may fear. Maybe they fear rejection or abandonment, especially if it's an issue that they dealt with in their past. Rejection can cause some of the deepest emotional wounds in a person's life. They can put a hard shell on the outside trying not to be seen for who they really are. And some things just take time to break because they may not be ready to let you in and vice versa. You may not be ready to let them in. Fear can be based in shame. As a PTSD wife, I've been there before. (laughs) During those dark times, I didn't want anybody to come over to my house because I didn't know what version of my husband they would get. And I was too scared or too embarrassed to let anyone in. And so what I ended up doing was isolating myself from my friends and the people that love me. And those relationships eventually grew cold and distant. Fear will make you self-conscious and you'll lose confidence in yourself. And you'll begin to doubt yourself and end up struggling with your identity. How many women lose themselves in a relationship and become so dependent on the acceptance and the validation of someone that's not in the right mind space to see their own value, let alone find value in anyone else? And so you end up looking for love in all the wrong places when it really should be found within. Fear can make you defensive. And then you start playing the blame game and being critical. Everything they say is not an attack on you. You have to learn to discern when it's the fear talking, whether it's through you 
or through them. When I had that argument with my husband, I heard it. <laughs> and I heard it so clearly in my mind. I'm like, listen to what you're saying. Listen to how you sound. You sound crazy right now. Anxiety will have you thinking that somebody's doing you wrong or that they're plotting against you when that couldn't be further from the truth. Fear will make you quick to give up, to throw in the towel. It makes things seem like it would be so much easier if you just quit or gave up. And in some cases, that may very well be. But let me tell you something about marriage, okay? A good marriage is not defined by what you didn't have to go through. A good marriage is defined by what you overcame together. Somebody out there may be contemplating on whether to stay or not. I had to make that decision too. Do you know how many times I packed my bag and said I was leaving? Do you know how much money I lost by putting down a deposit for an apartment that I never moved into after we had a fight? Marriage isn't easy. It all boils down to one question. What do you really want? I wanted my marriage. I just wanted my husband to act right. Because <laughs> in my mind, he was the problem. But in reality, I was part of the problem too. But that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode, okay? <laughs> the bottom line was that I love my husband and I just wasn't ready to let go. And I really could not see my world without him in it. So we made the decision together that around here, we're going to fight for this marriage. <laughs> we're going to fight for our family. We made an agreement to take the D word off the table. Okay. There was no talks of divorce or leaving one another. And we definitely did some work on self and that made us better for each other. So what do you do? How do you deal with fear and anxiety in your marriage? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you have to overcome fear one step at a time. Control what's in your power to control and then leave the rest to God. Tackle the small things first. And as you see victories in those areas, then you'll gain the confidence to continue fighting and face bigger battles. You got to overcome fear one step at a time. Start by controlling what's in your power to control and then leave the rest to God. Tackle the small stuff first. And then as you see the victories in those areas of your life, you'll gain the confidence to continue fighting and even face bigger battles. Take care of yourself, not just mentally and emotionally, but physically as well. Get plenty of rest. You got to exercise. You got to eat well. Your mind, your body and soul, they're all connected. If one is out of balance, then guess what? The rest of it is going to be out of balance too, okay? And please... Please take care of yourself financially as well. All right. As women, we should always be able to stand on our own, you know, whether we have to or not. Even if it means starting over from scratch, you have to have your own money, save, invest, find multiple streams of income. Keeping someone bound financially is one of the most frequent ways that women are abused because they have to stay in these relationships because they can't afford to get out of them. Now, I've been down this road, okay? And once I recognized it, I made a vow to myself that I would never allow myself to be controlled by money or the lack of it ever again. Having financial stability is one of the biggest ways that you can fight fear because that security puts you in control and you don't have to worry about how you're going to survive. Heaven forbid, if something were to happen and your spouse was no longer in the picture. Here's another thing you need to do. You need to monitor your self-talk. Okay. The things that you say, remember your words have power. 
You have the power to change the narrative by simply refusing to rehearse your fears and putting them out into the atmosphere. Again, this doesn't mean avoiding your problems, okay? You still have to face your problems, but it's about speaking life into your situation. What you say is a reflection of what you believe. And if you believe it enough to put it in the atmosphere, then you better make it work for you, <laughs> okay? So speak life and also speak life into your relationship. Communicate with each other. Talk about the fears that you have because nine times out of 10, they may be struggling with fear as well and maybe even in that same area. This is where the power of agreement comes into play. Unity commands a blessing. And this would be the perfect opportunity for you all to come together to tackle this issue as a unit, as one. The Bible says what? Two are better than one because they hold each other up. There's power in agreement, y'all, okay? Another way to fight through fear is through community. Your circle is important. That's why you have to create your dream team. These are the people and the resources that you can call on for support, your friends, your family, people that you know and trust and respect, all right? These are your cheerleaders. They encourage you to keep going and they're your sounding board, the ones that are there for you to lean on and who pour into you and listen to you when you need help. I have a friend that I call my Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> and that's because she'll sit there and she'll listen to me and all my craziness without judgment. And she'll help me draw my own conclusions and solve my own problem. <laughs> you need to have friends like this in your corner, not just for you, but for your spouse as well. You need to know who you can call when they're having a moment. Someone that's going to be able to talk them down. Okay, come on, Marvel fans. Natasha and Bruce, okay? In the early days before he knew how to control his emotions and he was tearing stuff up as the Hulk, remember Natasha would be able to talk him down, right? All right, big guy, sun's going down. And she would grab his hand and, and this would calm the beast, right? This would bring him back to being just regular Bruce. Well, it's the same thing with your spouse, because if you aren't able to do it or you're not there to do it, then you need to have reinforcement. All right. For me, it was my father in law. Most times the conversation with him will begin with. And what's wrong with you? <laughs> so you got to have your circle. And here's another PSA. OK, don't stop your life. All right. You have to continue to be social. As I said before, fear will cause you to become distant and isolate yourself. Isolation is a tool of the enemy because he understands the power of community. Keep in touch with your friends and family. Have a girl's night out. Do lunch with your friends. Don't stop your life. Make sure you tend to your children, please. And even the elderly people that are depending on you. You can't stop your life because of what's going on in your home. All right. Community can be therapy for you. And part of the community is enlisting the help of professionals. All right. Yes, they need to be a part of your team, too. All right. I'm talking about counseling services, both for yourself and as a couple and also other professional services like your bank. They can offer free help with budgeting and investing and financial planning and all kinds of stuff. You got to take advantage of your resources because that will help to reduce the stress and fear in your life. All right. Stress is a symptom of fear. Learn how to prepare in advance for emergencies. You got to plan for the unexpected. Have a plan in place and know exactly what to do if your spouse has an episode or a breakdown of some kind. All right. Study your spouse. Get to know them. 
Know the signs, know what triggers them and what to do to help in that moment. Now, death is a trigger for my husband, okay? Especially if it's somebody close to him. I know exactly what to watch out for with him, okay? I have to make sure that he eats. I have to make sure that he takes his medicine. And I know when he's triggered, he self-medicates, which means that he's gonna be drinking more, okay? I have to make sure that I'm talking with him and listening for the things that he's not saying, I have to be aware of the verbal and the nonverbal cues that he's given me. I have to make sure that I'm spending more time with him during that period and also giving him more time to himself. Now, I got to stop here and let you know, okay? You cannot shield them from the real world, all right? You can't shelter them or keep them from being triggered, okay? Because again, that is not your job. They have to learn for themselves how to navigate through those moments. And although these situations can be scary, if you prepare ahead of time when crisis hits, you'll know exactly what to do. And having a plan and knowing what to do is going to help reduce your level of stress. All right. You got to educate yourself. Get all the books, read all the articles, get all the information that you can. Okay. Education is power. And where there is power, there is no need to fear. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Remember, their PTSD is not your battle, okay? It's not about you. Take the pressure off yourself. It's not your job to fix them. And guess what? It's not your spouse's job to fix you either. What do I mean by that? Stop saying and believing that things would be so much better if only they would change. Like you can't wait for them to get better before you find your happiness, okay? Marriage is a partnership, you're a team, but you can't be happy unless they change their ways. Then guess what? You're focusing on the wrong thing because your happiness shouldn't come from them, it should come from within. And while we do go through situations that can discourage us and make us sad, we should never put something as precious as our happiness and our mental well-being in the hands of someone else, no matter who it is. Because at that point, you're simply giving your power away. And the moment that climate begins to shift, you're going to shift with it. And that's not good because somebody in that moment has to be stable. And that's what it means to be a support to them. You can't let their fear and their anxiety become yours, okay? You have to stop them when you hear them say something crazy, okay? You have to recognize when the enemy is speaking through them. I can always tell in an argument who I'm speaking with at the time, okay? I can recognize when it's the alcohol talking. I can recognize when it's the pain of his past talking. And I can recognize when the devil is talking through him to attack me. OK, the devil's always going to bring up your past and try to attack your character. OK, because what he's trying to say is that you haven't changed and you never will. OK, he'll try to keep you in that place, which is trapped in your mind. And the goal, again, is to discourage you from progressing forward because you pose a threat to his kingdom. And y'all, I'm really trying not to preach today. OK, <laughs> but I feel it. OK, fear and anxiety are a spiritual issue and you have to attack it with spiritual weapons. OK, you need to be able to recognize when the enemy is at work in your life. First Peter five and eight warns us to watch out because the enemy is on the prowl and he's looking for somebody that he can devour. OK, his goal is to what? To steal, to kill and destroy. And again, he's going to use your fear and your thoughts and your imagination and your circumstance to trap you and to stop you from progressing forward. God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? 
but of what? Of love, of power, and a sound mind. The battle against fear is fought and won in your mind and you have to protect your space and set up boundaries, whatever that's going to look like for you. You got to change your focus. All right. That doesn't mean ignoring your problems because eventually you're going to have to face them. You're going to have to address them, but you can't make your problems bigger than your God. What you focus on is what you magnify and what you magnify is only going to get bigger. Job said, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me, okay? You can worry something into existence by simply making it the only thing that you focus on. Why? Because you will only see what you focus on. You got to learn how and when to let things go. There's only so much that you can plan for and some things cannot be controlled, okay? So if like Job, the thing that you fear the most comes to be or it actually happens, then what are you going to do about it? You can't just sit there and say, I'm scared. No, you got to learn how to fight your way out of some things and then let your trust fall on God so he can bring you through it. Struggle can be a good thing because through that struggle, you find out who you are and what you're capable of and what you cannot do. Give it to God. He'll do the rest. We got to get to know God, not just as our loving father, but we got to get to know him in the power of his might. That means we're going to have to go through some ugly situations sometimes, okay? We serve a mighty God. Job chapter 11, verse 13 through 18 says, surrender your heart to God. Turn to him in prayer and give up your sins, even those you do in secret. Then you won't be ashamed. You will be confident and fearless. Your troubles will go away like water beneath a bridge and your darkest night will be brighter than noon. You will rest safe and secure, filled with hope and emptied of worry. Don't that sound good? (laughs) Learn to live in God's love. You got to get closer to him. He says, if you get closer to him, then he'll get closer to you. You do this by reading his word and talking to him in prayer and casting your cares on him. You got to arm yourself with the word and learn how to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. So what is the antidote to fear? Do you know? It's love. L-O-V-E, love. (laughs) Love is greater than fear. It's the opposite of fear. First John 4, 18 says there is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. Love is a weapon, y'all. And this is going to bring us to our coaching moment for today. Okay, so grab your journals. So I want you all to take your time and write a list of things in your relationship that may cause you fear or anxiety. All right. Give yourself about 10 to 15 minutes to do a brain dump and just write all of your concerns. Now, once you have that list, I want you to take each item and then find the why, okay? I want you to write an explanation of why that item brings you fear or anxiety. What is it about that item that makes you feel uncomfortable or insecure? Why does that item bring you fear? The why is going to reveal the real reason behind that fear. So keep asking yourself why until you get to the bottom of that issue. The why is going to reveal the lies that the enemy has been telling you and causing you to live in fear. Now, from that, I want you to take the lies that the enemy has been telling you and replace them with the truth in God's love. 
All right. And you do this by searching the word, find scriptures that talk about that particular issue. Okay. What does the Bible have to say about your situation? You drive out fear with the truth and the love found in God's word. All right. Well, you guys, that's my time for now. Okay. As always, I want you to stay in touch. All right. You can find me on social media. Oh, and guess what? We now have a group page on Facebook. Yay. (laughs) You can check us out there at marriage, motherhood, and PTSD. Okay. Join the group and join the conversation. I would love to hear from you. Send me your stories and your testimonies and ask me anything. And I'll answer your questions on the show. Okay. And have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? What you waiting on? (laughs) All right. I promise it's going to bless you real good. Okay. You can find the link to the book in the show notes, or you can even find it on Amazon. All right, my friends, that is my time for now. As always, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.